welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Are you ready to receive? We're going to go to uh, the book of 1 Kings chapter 19 and read the story of Elisha. Um, I, when I broke the tooth a couple of weeks ago, um, I wanted to ignore what God was doing because I had already a message vein that I was going down to preach kind of coming into January and I just went, oh, okay, I'll let it all go. Show me what this is. And so here it is. I want to talk to you about the game-changing anointing. I believe there's a game-changing anointing that God is releasing right now. I think he's, I believe God is changing the prophetic guard across the church. There's a new day upon us when it comes to leadership, to ministry and the flow of the anointing. And we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be ready to adjust. We will begin to experience the suddenlies of God like never before. They will manifest through life-changing encounters. They will manifest through spiritual hunger. They will manifest through the healing power. When I say the healing power, it's not going to come in the old form. We have for too long looked to the platform to perform, to bring something to us, but God is looking to His people to carry the power in everyday situations as everyday vessels and deliver it to people. I believe there will be en masse healing that will take place as every single member of our church grabs hold of this healing power that's been given to them for others. I believe you're going to see it in the marketplace. You're going to see it in the living room. You're going to see it in cafes like never before. You've got to know that you cannot earn the anointing. The, the anointing is not earned. If it's earned, then it's a job of works. But the, we do not earn the anointing. We honour the anointing. When the anointing shows up, we honour it. That's why I would encourage you. That's why often you'll hear me say, if you can stand, let's stand as we pray. We are Aussies. We are too laid back when it comes to the presence of God. And when we come into the presence of God, I think we should stand and honour the Lord. I actually think, you know, there's times when we should just stand when the Word of God is being read. It just out of reverence for what is coming into our lives. It is a book like no other book. It is a word like no other word. It is knowledge like no other knowledge. I've been called as a minister of the Spirit, not information. And because I've been called as a minister of the Spirit, there's something to be imparted and it can't be imparted unless it's first received and it's received through this thing called the anointing. Can I talk to you about the game-changing anointing that I see in Elisha's life? And what we'll look at in Elisha's life, you can also see the principles, the trends, the truths in other stories. I was looking at the story of Rebecca this morning because that's where my one-year Bible devotion is right now. And it's the story of Isaac's dad, Abraham, looking for a wife for his son. And he sends his servant off to find a wife. And he gives a whole bunch of instructions of what to look for. And you see it in Rebecca. The same things that we're going to see tonight in Elisha, because when Elisha caught the anointing, the mantle that was placed upon him from Elijah, there's something really clear there. Number one, he was working. He was working when Elijah came to him. And, and here's, here's the key. If you want to be ready for this game-changing anointing, you better, be anoint, you better be working, not unemployed, not spiritually unemployed, doing nothing in the house or in the work of God, not unemployed in the natural. If you're just sitting on your dusty, rusty, doing nothing, God cannot use you. You are not positioned for the anointing when you're unemployed. You've got to be working. Elijah was, Elisha was working and he was ploughing a field. He was 
was, he was plowing. Look, plowing a field is a thankless job, but an essential job. It's thankless work, but essential work. He's plowing, he, he's the 12th team member. He's the last member of a 12-man team. He wasn't even the leader of the team. You know what, if you're the, if you're the 12th man, in a ploughing team, if you're the last one on a ploughing team, there is basically nothing of brain function required. <laughs> you're just following the guy who's following the guy who's following the guy who's following the guy all the way up to the first guy. Because some of you don't understand farming, but back in those days, the plough that they used, they probably took a six-inch cut. The reason why there was 12 of them so that in one cut, in one run, they could at least get a six-foot-wide cut across the field. Are you with me? Because the plough turns over all of the dirt. It's a one-horsepower machine pulling it or two-horsepower machine, whatever it is, oxen pulling the machine. And so as the 12th man on that team, he was just following the leader who was following the leader who was following. He was the last guy, are you with me? He was working. But he was also willing. At first he doesn't look willing. He, he, he looks reluctant. At first he, he looks like he's not going to be in the willing state when Elijah throws the mantle on him. But he found himself to be willing. We're going to look at it in detail in a moment. Then you find that he was reckless. That once he became willing, he became reckless. He went straight back to the oxen. He slaughtered the oxen and he cooked the oxen with his ploughing equipment. And then he fed the oxen, roast oxen it says, to the townspeople. He was working, he was willing, he was reckless. And then he gave witness of what he was about to do to the people as he handed out the food. And you, you can imagine the conversations. We're going to go and have a look at it. But you see it in the same style with Rebecca. When Rebecca there, she was working, she was going to get water. When she came up from getting the first lot of water, she was probably going to take it back to her home. But there she gets asked by Abraham's servant, could I get a drink? And she doesn't even only drink, give him a drink, she also waters the camels. Do you know what it would be like to carry enough water to water those camels? I mean, that was some formidable woman. I don't know how many litres of water a camel will drink in, in, in one setting. I, I believe it's over 200 litres in one sitting. I don't know how many camels were there, but she watered the whole she was working. She was also willing. <laughs> Overnight, she became willing, not just to marry this guy that she hadn't met yet, but to get up and leave that next morning to go, leave her family and go to meet and live with the other family. She was reckless in her decision. But when God speaks, when God gets ready to put a game-changing anointing on you, you've got to be working, you've got to be willing, you've got to be reckless in your, in your abandonment of the old. How reckless was it of Elisha to completely cut off his source of natural supply of work? He didn't just slaughter the oxen. He destroyed the machinery that represented all of his previous employment so that he could follow after. I've jumped ahead, but that's okay. I do believe that this year, as Pastor Rob prophesied this morning, that this is the year of a hostile takeover. There is a hostile takeover in the Kingdom of God. And actually, if we do not respond with that hostile takeover mentality, when I say takeover, we're not taking over people. We're taking over on behalf of the Kingdom. We are taken over from the Kingdom of Darkness. We're taken over in the area of authority. We're taking over in the area of influence. 
It is the year of the double portion, the sudden breakthrough, the life-changing relationship. Like Rebecca had this life-changing relationship connection. She went from where she was to being married to the richest heir in the land overnight. The undeserved mercy, it's, it's the year of undeserved mercy like the thief on the cross. It's the year of the groundbreaking, the building shaking gathering, the prayer meeting where everything shifts. There was one year on Friday night and I, you know, to be quite honest, when you get to 24 or five years down the track of leading these things, you, you go and you get yourself kind of passionate and you get yourself expectant, but you kind of, doesn't go to the levels it used to. Back in the, you know, when you get, do you know, is it okay to be, too bad, I'm going to be honest all the time. But I came in here and I just thought, yep, just, just step into it and do it. And oh my goodness me, what we thought was going to be a three-hour prayer meeting to get into the zone in 25 minutes, we were there. And by two hours and 10 minutes, I said to the guys, God, it's done. If we go on any further from here, we're just going to be operating in some form of unbelief or religion because it was done. We're coming into the days of the groundbreaking, the building shaking, prayer gatherings where everything will shift. We're coming into the time of that game-changing anointing. God will begin to use the unknown and the untrained to do incredible things. God's not looking for able people. He's looking for willing vessels. Let's go and have a look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. It's the story of the call of Elisha. If you do a study of Elisha and Elijah, you'll discover that Elijah has eight recorded miracles in Scripture. Elisha has 16 recorded miracles in Scripture. It's why we often hear about it being the double anointing. So Elijah went to found Elisha, son of Shaphat, ploughing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was ploughing with the 12th team. Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and my mother goodbye and then I will go with you. You see, first he's reluctant. Elisha, Elijah replied, Go back. Don't, don't you love how how the prophet responds. Prophets are so offensive sometimes. It's their mode of operation. He says, go back. But think about what I have done to you. But think about what I have done to you. For those of you that are wondering, what did he do to him? He threw his cloak. Elijah threw his cloak on the shoulder of Elisha. It was putting the mantle of the ministry of the prophet that was on him onto Elisha's shoulders. You've got to understand that the anointing will cause you to bear load on your shoulders. And when Elijah put it on Elisha, and Elisha says, let me first go and say goodbye to my parents. Elijah said, go back. But think about what I've just done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plough to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his servant. You don't earn the anointing, you honour it. Elijah was working, 
Spiritual unemployment disqualifies you for a lot of things, including the anointing. It is time like never before for us to stay engaged in the things that God has called us to do in the work of the ministry. Ploughing, doing the hard, unseen, essential work. Ploughing in the area of prayer. Ploughing in the area of pastoral care, ministry of helps, gardening, cleaning, admin, maintenance. It all looks very, very mundane, but it prepares us even if we're the last member on the team, even if we're not the team leader, Elisha may have been the last man on, but he was God's first choice. Elisha knew how to be a great team player. He spent every day following the lead of the 11th man. It was dry, dusty, sweaty work, thankless work. It was car park work. It was service team work. It was kitchen work. I'm putting it into church context because that's what I know, but it's, it's like you're the last guy on the production line in a factory and, you, and you're just showing up. You're clocking on and you're clocking off and you're showing up and you're doing the diligent thing. But you've got to know that it's preparation for a game-changing anointing coming upon your life. You've got to know that being consistent and committed is important. You've got to know that being conscientious and competent, they have to go together. We, the spirit of laziness must get removed from our lives when we get saved. Hello, somebody. The spirit of silliness and laziness must get taken away. We can't just sit there and say, I'm going to pray for God to do this thing. We've got to do the thing that we know to do. We've got to be in the working zone. Elisha went to work when it was raining, when it was steaming hot, when it was dark and when it was cold. He went on weekends and he went on weekdays. He was resilient. He was also willing. There's nothing like a willing heart when it comes to God to standing out in God's eyes. He was first reluctant, but then Elijah said, think about what I've done to you. He said, basically, Elisha, I've just placed a game-changing anointing on your life. Your authority is about to change forever. Your favour will be known throughout history. Imagine, like we know the history of what happened with Elisha now, but imagine if Elisha had walked away. When Elijah said to him as a prophet, Go. If you're going to go back to your parents, go. But think about what I've just done to you. Imagine that if he had walked away and not come back. But he thought about it and he went from reluctant to winning, willing in that moment. He, Elijah was saying to him, the mantle is heavy, but the payoff is supernatural. Can I say to you for what God wants for you for 2020? I'm going to bring this into all our zones in a few moments' time, but you know what? To, to do the thing that God is asking you to do that looks scary to respond in that way, to be willing. You've done the work to be willing, to be reckless, to just walk away from that thing that you've given all of your life to, to be reckless in that moment. The mantle is heavy, but the payoff is supernatural. His heart shifted quickly. He went from, from that place of reluctance to willingness and it quickly moved into that place of recklessness. It's a reckless response to God. I had someone tell me recently that God had spoken to them many months before about a change and a shift and, and they were about and communicating to me and asking me what I thought. I said, well, the one train of thought for me is this. It was so long ago that God spoke to you. What have you been doing for those 18 months? You've been in this place of disobedience? As I read my Bible, God speaks and the next day the guy's doing it. If that's what God said to do, do it. Do it with all of your heart and do it now. Do it recklessly. Just, just go for it. If God has spoken, do it now. Don't wait. And Elisha got in that zone. He didn't look for direction. He simply followed his leader into the future. 
If you don't know how to follow, you'll never know how to lead. I like the fact that he became a witness in the moment, that he wasn't just reckless, but he then took the oxen. He didn't just offer it up as a uh, sacrifice to God in worship. He took the oxen, he roasted it, and then he handed it out to the townspeople. He was telling everyone in his relational network, my life here as a ploughman is over. I'm going as an assistant to serve the prophet. He became a witness in the ministry that God has called him to do. Like never before in 2020, the soul winning anointing upon this church, the soul winning anointing upon our lives is going to a whole new level. God wants to put his double anointing on you in 2020. So continue working. Keep working. Keep working at that business. Keep working at that job. Keep doing whatever your hands find to do. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I like that verse. Is it up there? I like that because it says in heaven there's going to be no devices. We're glad when that day's gone, won't you? Whatever your hand, now I know this is man's wisdom in scripture, but it's still man's wisdom. Whatever your hand, I don't know what to do for it. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. In in February, we're going to shift to two morning services. And when I talked to the team about what I was sensing a few weeks ago, I, I could sense that not everyone kind of maybe thought it was necessary or, or, or the right way to go. But then we get in this morning, we're packed to the rafters. We've got people sitting on the floors. We haven't been in a up season. We've been in a tough season. We're coming out of that. We're going into the new. And I know that in 2020, when we go to that 8.30 service and the 10 a.m. service, the 8.30 is going to be a 60-minute service, the 10 is going to be our normal service. I know that when that happens, there's something new and fresh that God wants to do in each and every one of us. But I'm not going to see in 2020 that it's just being carried by the faithful few. If I think every one of us needs to get on board and have carried this thing is I'm going to attend one, I'm going to serve in one and I'm going to lift my engagement. We're not going to be the consumer Christians as we move forward. Listen, C3 Rockingham moving into the future is going to be characterised by the kind of people that are not consumer Christians, that we're just looking for what we can get out of it. I'm not asking the question, what can my church do for me? Me, I'm asking the question, what can I do for my church? How can I serve at a level that's going to make this place the place that God designed it to be? And so if we carry this mentality, I'm going to work in one, I'm going to serve in one, and I'm going to attend one. Even on the weekend when I'm not serving, I'm just going to take it as my weekend off. I'm going to come and worship the Lord. Hello, somebody. That sounds like a great message to preach. Because God wants to do something significant through all of us and He needs all of us to do it. Yeah, we'll have PM services from time to time for special ministry and whatever else, but we want to open the door to those that need to come and worship on a Sunday. Some of them have to go off to work early on a Sunday. Others have other things on. We, we want to do that as we're moving forward. And I believe as we work at that, God is going to put that game-changing anointing on us. We've got to be willing willing to respond to the mantle that falls on our shoulders. Scripture says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We've got to eat the good of the land in 2020. We've got to be prepared to be reckless, abandon the natural to engage in the supernatural. Did you hear that? Abandon the natural so that you can engage in the supernatural. Nothing lasts forever, but God always has something new planned for you. 
this season shifting. It's like there was message shifting in those individual people. That, that there, there is a season shift that the thing that you're doing over here is coming to an end, but God's already got the next thing ready so that you can be an influencer in the kingdom of God like never before. We need people that are going to give witness to the anointing, to the supernatural of God. I think when God calls you to this game-changing moment, to that anointing, that mantle that needs to rest upon you, He wants to make it known to every single one in your world. Something has changed. A prophetic word from my pastor that came a couple of nights ago. He said, there's double for each of your troubles. This very day I'm declaring that I will restore double to you according to Zechariah 9 and verse 12. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Zechariah 9 verse 12. Father God, I want to thank you right now for your double on every trouble in this congregation, for every challenge that's been faced in 2019. I thank you that you're putting double on every single person in this room. Thank you that because of the trouble, you've declared double in Jesus' Name. In accordance to Isaiah 61 and verse 7, because of a... You got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. In the message, he said 2020 is a year of two twenties. In biblical numerology, 20 denotes expectation. Thus, 2020 is the year of double expectation. The Greek word for hope is elpias, to expect with desire. Hence, double expectation in 2020. I declare this year that there is a game-changing anointing coming in your business world, in your career, in your family, in your ministry, in your relationships. I declare that we have come to this place of the game-changing anointing and I'm preparing for it by continuing in the work that God called me to do. I'm getting up and ploughing the field in prayer. I'm getting up and ploughing the field in the Word of God. I'm getting up and ploughing the field in training and preparation. I'm going to remain willing I don't know about you, but there's been moments through the journey where I've just become unwilling. I'm like, oh God, seriously? But you, it, it really wasn't about the unwilling. It's this reluctance because I've been there before. I've been there before. But you can go from reluctant to willing with one shift of the heart and that changes everything. But I'm telling you, we've got to get ready to be reckless. We, we've got to be, get ready to be. We've got to get ready to abandon that thing that we've done for so long. Can you imagine Elisha holding on to the handle of that plow day in, day out? It's been his source of income, his place of safety, his predictable place. And there, Elijah says, "Come, follow me. The mantle's on you." I, I think when he said, "Just give me time to go and say goodbye to my parents," he was kind of going to like go back, park up the oxen and the plow at Dad's place, have a backup plan just in case things didn't work out. And I just says, no, 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 dude, you're quitting it all right here. And then get to that place where we can be a witness. You know what? As the team comes back to join me, like never before, we need you to be a witness. You to be a witness. 
I'm trying to get your professions, you to be witnesses in, in, in places of management, you to be witnesses in property management, you to be witnesses in cafe and coffee industry, you to be witnesses in fixing power lines or something like that. Wherever you are, we, we need you to be the witness that God has called you to be in the way that you are called to do it, not in the way that I do it or Pastor Rob, you know, if Pastor Rob does it, he's going to do it in the African God kind of way. That, that, and that's cool for him to do, but you've got to do it in the way that you do it. Listen, like never before, that anointing that's coming is coming to change entire nations. And how do you change a nation? By changing a suburb. How do you change a city? By changing a suburb. How do you, how do you change an industry? By changing the key influencer in that industry. Like never before, God is putting His game-changing anointing. Rebecca goes to the well to get water for the family. She's quickly willing to give it to Abraham's servant and then feed all the camels. By the end of her serving, she's not got an attitude. She then invites them back to her parents' home. And if you look at the story, she's probably involved in serving and preparing dinner for everyone there, preparing a place for the camels to be overnight, for the men to be overnight carries this attitude all the way through that just opens the door to a game-changing relationship. A few days later, she finds herself getting married to the man of her dreams. It's a romantic story, but don't take, don't take the truth out of it to try and make it romantic. It was flipping hard work all the way through. Elisha leaves all that and goes to serve Elijah for the next eight years. What looks like overnight success for Elisha was not so much overnight success. It was eight years of assisting. That encourages me. That should encourage everyone in the room that's been working at assisting somebody. It is preparing you for a game-changing anointing. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Father, I want to thank you right now. for every single person that's been labouring on the plough year in, year out, assisting someone in the marketplace, assisting someone in the ministry. God, we commit to remaining willing as we work. We commit to being ready to be reckless, to abandon the natural so that we can engage in the supernatural. We're going to give witness to your power. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.